I've been reporting these past couple of weeks on various priests getting canned by Francis for defending the faith. Lately, the priests who have lost the ability to serve actively as priests were canned by Francis because they would not accept or even endorse that issue that Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church is so enamored with, and the priests in question felt it necessary to repeat what the Church teaches on these topics as a response to Pastor Jimmy's activities. Regardless of their efforts, they've lost their parishes and have been sent off to the fringes of the Church by Rome. Francis has his own ways of dealing with troublesome priests if they don't submit to the values of the German Synodal Way, regardless of where they are in the world, and silencing them is one such method that Francis has frequently used. Today we have the unfortunate story of a bishop who was removed from his Episcopal office because he supported Catholics who were objecting to and resisting Caesar's decree that they must submit to a solution to the affliction of these past couple of years. This is an escalation of Francis's work against the faith. The bishop in question stood against the rulings on this from Francis and has been silenced for his troubles, so keep him in your prayers, please, because that bishop needs your support. Pope Francis has decided to remove the Bishop of Arecibo, Puerto Rico, Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres, from his office. The 57-year-old bishop had strongly defended conscientious objection to Caesar's demand that you take his magical solution to the problems that affected everyone these past few years. The bishop did his job and defended Catholics who wouldn't pinch incense to Caesar on this issue, and Francis demanded that he resign. The bishop stood firm and actually refused. But there's another reason for why Francis eventually removed him. From the Spanish-language version of the Catholic News Agency article on this, quote, Archbishop Fernandez Torres is accused of not being in communion with the other six bishops of Puerto Rico. At least two factors would have determined the decision of the Holy See. The first, the initial refusal of the Bishop of Arecibo to transfer the seminarians of his diocese to the new interdiocesan seminary of Puerto Rico, approved by the Vatican in early March 2020, end quote. The bishops of Puerto Rico are known to be men of Francis, utterly loyal to him in every regard, and his program of human fraternity, group hugs, and the program of the Leviathan. To that end, this bishop would not submit to the program, and good for him. He has been forced out of his office for his loyalty to the deposit of the faith as he understands it. Bishop Torres even refused to sign a joint statement with the rest of the bishops of Puerto Rico that would have removed the ability of Catholics who refused to submit to Caesar on this issue from the ability to attend Mass or even receive the sacraments because they wouldn't submit to his demand and his magical solution to that issue that dominated our lives these past couple of years. He preserved the right of Catholics to receive the sacraments and to attend Mass. Perish the thought. Quote, In the controversial statement of the Episcopate of Puerto Rico, without the signature of the Bishop of Arecibo, it was requested that those Catholics who did not submit refrain from participating in other face-to-face -face community activities of the Church. Following complaints from the Episcopate, the Apostolic Delegate for Puerto Rico, Monsignor Gala Musa Abdallah Bader, would have directly requested the resignation of Monsignor Daniel Fernandez Torres, who refused to sign for reasons of conscience. End quote. Shortly after that, he was called to Rome and told to resign from his office, and he refused. Good for him. He has since released a statement on the state of the church that has gotten almost no attention because Francis has removed him. So as is my usual way of doing things, here are his words on this issue in full. It's not a terribly long letter. That text and others I quoted at the start are available for your reading on returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end, which is also a good place to follow me as a backup to YouTube in case you don't get told about my videos by YouTube. Anyway, here's the letter of the bishop. 
Declaration of Bishop Daniel Fernandez Torres, press release from the Office of Communications for the Diocese of Arecibo. To the people of God who pilgrimage in the Diocese of Arecibo, when you received the news of my substitution as bishop in charge of the Diocese of Arecibo, I want you to know that it is not for me to explain a decision that I cannot explain myself, even if I accept it with the patience of Christ for the good of the Church, nor it is up to you to judge what only God and history will do at the time. In reacting to what happened, I feel blessed to suffer persecution and slander, Renouncing the truth of the dignity of man in circumstances like the current ones in which it is uncomfortable, it opposes our actions. See Wisdom chapter 2 verse 12. Today I can hold my head high and even being imperfect and sinful, knowing that I have done the right thing and that gives me a lot of inner peace. I am also comforted by the Hebrew meaning of the name Daniel, which I providentially received at my baptism. God is my judge. I am very sorry that in the church where mercy is preached so much, in practice some lack the slightest sense of justice. I have not been prosecuted, nor have I been formally accused of anything, and simply one day the apostolic delegate verbally communicated to me that Rome was asking me to resign. Now a successor of the apostles is replaced without even undertaking what would be a proper canonical process to remove a parish priest. I was informed that he had not committed any crime, but he had allegedly had not been obedient to the Pope, nor had he had sufficient communication with my brother bishops of Puerto Rico. It was suggested to me that if he resigned from the diocese, he would remain at the service of the church in case at any time I was needed in another position, offer that actually proves my innocence. However, I did not resign because I did not want to become an accomplice in a totally unjust action, and that even now I am reluctant to think that it could happen in our church. The personal experience, on the other hand, has helped me realize in a new way that serious responsibility that all bishops have in the government of the church, which is apostolic and not pyramidal, synodal and not autocratic. I think that for quite some time, many bishops have been watching with concern what is happening in the church, and we have resisted believing what is happening. Today, more than ever, we must remember our call to be prophets. These are difficult times, but let's not lose hope. The words of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, being a priest, can encourage us. Quote, it seems certain to me that very difficult times await the church. The real crisis has barely begun yet. You have to count on strong shocks. But I am also totally sure of what will remain in the end. Not the church of political worship, already lifeless, but the church of faith. Certainly she will no longer be the dominant force in society to the extent that she was until recently, but it will flourish again and become visible to human beings as the homeland that gives them life and hope and beyond death. I humbly celebrate how much we have been able to do together for, from the Diocese of Arecibo in these almost 12 years in youth and vocational ministry, in the fight for the dignity of human love, family, and respect for life, in the freedom of the church against political interference, in the formation of holy priests, and in having given a, quote, house to the Virgin in our diocesan sanctuary. If for trying to be faithful to God I am replaced in office, it is worth it, because as bishop I can be useful to the church with my own testimony. I remember the words of St. John of Avila, how honored we are to be dishonored for seeking the honor of God. I express my communion in the Catholic faith, with the Pope and my brothers in the Episcopate, despite my perplexity at an incomprehensible arbitrariness. And if from now on I can be of any service to you, I declare my full availability. Today and always my greatest gratitude to God and Our Lady of Perpetual Help, our patron saint. Thanks also to all the priests for being good and faithful clergy. Thank you to all the faithful of my beloved Diocese of Arecibo for your love and prayers. 
Thank you to all the Bishopric staff for being an extended family. Thanks to my family for their unconditional support always. Thanks also to my brothers from different Christian confessions for the times when we together we raise our voice in the defense of family. God bless you all. In Christ dead and risen, Daniel. So his treatment did not follow even the most basic canonical procedures. Why am I not surprised? The Rome that preaches accompaniment and listening to those we disagree with has zero tolerance for those bishops and priests who defend the sanctity of personal conscience, which Rome itself has preached on any number of issues, by the way, that have come into conflict with the actual Catholic faith over the years. Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church is tolerated in the name of personal conscience, but a bishop who resists Caesar's various decrees and requirements related to the affliction from God, heaven forbid, we can't have that, silence that man now, how dare he preserve the ability of Puerto Rican Catholics to have jobs and feed their families. That is literally the thinking out of Rome now, and some people wonder why I have little respect for Paca Papa Francis, the ever-merciful one. Meanwhile, Francis gave a job to his buddy Bishop Zanchetta, a bishop from Argentina who is basically Argentina's version of Ted McCarrick, right down to his preference for going after seminarians in the same manner that Ted McCarrick did in America. Even if you don't know, Bishop Zanchetta was sought by the local authorities in Argentina for his activities, and instead of submitting to and cooperating with them to clear his name, he left Argentina from Rome where Francis gave him a job in the Roman Curia that Francis literally invented out of thin air for him. Recently, Zanchetta went back to Argentina, where the local authorities found him guilty of those activities. It's all a nasty little story with real human consequences that got buried in the headlines of our times for the most part, with a little bit of reporting over at The Pillar and a few other places. And it shows that for Francis, the only thing he really hates and won't protect in the church is actual Catholicism, actual orthodoxy in the faith. Hence what happened to Bishop Torres, and what happened to all those priests I talked about in the last few weeks. Remember, Francis wrote letters of support to Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church and to Neway's ministry, expressing support to them in their wicked work, while he drops the hammer on bishops and priests who have the faith. One is left wondering if he shares their inclinations himself. Please keep Bishop Daniel Torres in your prayers. There's no word as to what he will be doing with his time while he waits for a posting from Rome that will probably never come. Let me know what you thought of the story in the comments, please. Is Francis showing his hand here? Is he showing his contempt for anything even resembling a Catholic stance at this point? Let me know in the comments, and if you liked this video, like and subscribe and hit that bell so you don't miss anything. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.